Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. And if you don't know me, my name is Rob, and I'm the senior pastor here, and I have the joy of just opening up for a moment about the meaning and purpose of Christmas as we look at the Bible together. Before we do that, I'm just curious, um, wondering what you guys are going to be doing tomorrow, because I see a lot of family members around and that kind of stuff. I'm excited for you for that. I love seeing family this time of year. I have a big item on my agenda, and it's to wear PJs all day. Now, I know you guys look at me and you're like, I don't think a guy like that rolls like that, but I do. I love PJs, and if I had it my way, like every day of the year would be like that, uh, then I'd get pretty depressed, so probably shouldn't do that. Well, you know, Kim shared earlier as we were thinking of the season about the winter solstice and how this time of year is really dark. Uh, I, I don't know how you guys are wired, but I get pretty downcast when it's all dark all the time. Uh, what was it? December 21st, shortest day of the year here in Massachusetts, eight hours and 43 minutes of daylight. That's not cool. I think, I think the day ended at 4.14 p.m. Okay, why do they do that every year? Why do they keep turning back the clock to where we have such a short day? But here's the thing. Here's the bright spot in the midst of it. While that's happening, the Christmas lights come out. I don't know about you, but I love driving down 6A and seeing the giants or around the rotary with all of those bright lights, seeing the Christmas tree come out. Katie literally pulls it out on the day of Thanksgiving after we've eaten and we're just packing the tree with lights. It is a beautiful time of the year where we become increasingly aware that light is such an important part of our lives. And if you get particularly depressed, did you know that there are things called happy lights? That's right. I complain every year, and so a friend bought me a happy light. I put it out on the desk, and you literally just stare into light. I know that's not a great idea, uh, but I do do that this time of year just to feel a little bit happier with the Christmas season. But that is the spiritual truth, right? Light. Light is such an important thing. Light revolutionized the world. Think about the invention, the light bulb. Now, we look at that and we, we take it for granted, but I, I read a book this past year. It was called Quirky, and it was looking at the innovators, those individuals who, for whatever reason, seem to be able to keep pushing the boundaries and inventing new things that revolutionize our world. Uh, obviously, the light bulb was invented by Thomas Edison, and one characteristic that made Edison unique was his tenacity. He would not just solve a problem, but he had to perfect the solution of the problem. You know that Edison, when he was looking to discover the light bulb, tried out over 6,000 plant materials to get just the right filament. In an interview in 1890, he told a newspaper that he had attempted some 3,000 hypotheses to get it just right. We're really glad he did, aren't we? Because can you think of doing anything without light? We can't go into a room anymore without flipping on the light switch so that we can use that room for its purpose. Now take that 
that physical reality of light, and, and let's think about it for a moment as a spiritual reality. You know, it's true that the world is a dark place, and we need light to revolutionize our lives. A few moments ago, Erica was praying, and while she was praying, she quoted Matthew chapter 4 to us, which is actually a prophecy from the book of Isaiah some 700 years ago. And again, let me read it to you. Matthew said, The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, how is the world dark when the Bible's talking about it? Well, really, it means two things. It means, one, that there's evil in the world, and two, that there's ignorance in the world that leads to that spiritual evil. We were in this Christmas series this season going through a series called Christmas on Lockdown and really asking the question, what would the world be like today if Jesus hadn't been born? And so we went back to the time of 5 B.C., And we took a look at what the world was like then. And I got to tell you, the world was mostly full of human indignities and human suffering at this time. Now, of course, there's a lot of things that have progressed today. But if you've looked at the news cycle in the last couple of months, you would say, yeah, the world still has a lot of darkness in it. I mean, we've seen a lot of political infighting. We've seen issues of race. Uh, We've also seen in this whole COVID-19 pandemic, yeah, certainly moments of heroism, but a lot of moments where people did some pretty selfish things over toilet paper for all things. The world has a lot of problems. And some of those problems that we face have been ongoing issues, such as violence, injustice, abuse of power, homelessness and hunger, refugees, fleeing oppression, families ripped apart grief. The point that the Bible is making when it's talking about darkness is really big. It says that human resources, human solutions, human organizations can't fix that problem. Now, I told you that Christmas is not a season of doom and gloom. It's not a season where we sit and meditate upon these things all day and get sad. No, it's a season where we look to hope. We look to light because we believe that God's come into the world, that God sent a light into the world. Now, who is this light? Let's go back to the, the book of Isaiah now, and we'll look at that verse in Matthew from Isaiah. Isaiah 9.2, it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has a light shone. Who is that light? Verse 6 of Isaiah. For to us... A child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Christmas, above everything, is meant to be a perpetual reminder that God sent his son Jesus into the world to be a light to the darkness that resides in our own hearts. If we sideline Jesus through the Christmas season, if we get distracted with the symbol, the lights, or the trees, or the gifts, we really miss out on a big opportunity. 
Now, what is that opportunity? Well, I would suggest to you above everything that Christmas is an opportunity year after year to come back and examine the state of our souls. You know this, but there's three aspects to what makes us us, right? Uh, And the first aspect, we call it the body, right? And our New Year's resolutions are about to come out. Some of us are committing to losing 20 pounds, and we're going to get those six-pack abs that we've always planned for, and we're probably going to fail that resolution again this year. The other aspect is not just the body, but it's the mind, which is our critical thinking faculties, but it also involves our emotions. And then the third aspect is, of course, the soul. Now, a lot of us don't know what to make of that third aspect, the soul. And so our souls tend to be starved, even dying. But here's the thing about the soul. The soul is the core of who you are. And I I think I can prove this to us because sometimes you look at those people, right, and you say they have it all. They've got the body that everyone wants. They've got the money that everyone wants. They have all the relationships that everyone wants. And yet those people who have it all still come back and say, I feel empty. I feel hollow. Why? Because there's something wrong with the soul. And I want to recommend to you that if you were going to focus on any of those aspects, that the soul's the most important because, like I said, the six-packs abs could be here today, gone tomorrow. But the soul is what lives on into eternity. Now let's ask another question. Why did Jesus come? Why would the infinite God become finite in a man on earth? Why would he leave a place that is rich and incredibly glorious to come to a place like our world, which, yes, has its beauty, but it also has its ugliness? Why would he move from a place that is completely moral, which we would call perfection, to step into a world that is imperfect? In fact, often we see a lot of darkness in the world. Why would he make this transition? I would suggest that Jesus coming to earth was a drastic step. And we don't make drastic steps unless there has been a crisis, right? If I'm in my garage working on something and I drop a hammer on my toe, the only real crisis in that moment is to try not to say something that I will regret later. I'm not going to jump into my car and drive to the ER. No, the only time that I jump in my car or have someone drive me to the ER because I'm incapable is because I've done something to myself which I cannot fix on my own. You see, God sent Jesus into the world because he knew that without Jesus, the state of our souls was critical. Critical. I mean, don't minimize the drastic nature of Jesus' coming. He didn't come just because we needed a a spiritual pep talk or a good moral example or to boost our self-esteem. If anything, if we say things like that about Jesus' coming, we're, we're minimizing the incredible nature, the drastic step that he took to come here and live among us. No, Jesus came because our souls are completely lost in collective darkness. We're completely separated from the God who created us. 
And he came to the world to shine like a spotlight so that we could find our way back to God. Friends, that's really the heart of the Christmas message. We're lost in collective darkness. Unto us a child is born. And this child lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sins, so that we could find our way back to God. You see, Christmas comes about every year, and it's not just about the gifts, it's not just about the festivities. It's an opportunity for us to engage in self-reflection and self-evaluation. We can ask a big question. Where am I in relation to this God? Or you could say it like this. Where am I on my spiritual journey? A lot of us have engaged in that self-reflection this year as the pandemic hit we began to ask bigger questions. I think something along the, in the neighborhood of 20% of people moved during the pandemic. So they said, I want to go somewhere else for a better quality of life. Other people decided that they needed to shift more of their focus back to their home instead of being so work-driven and work-focused. And so family relationships started being impacted for the positive, in some cases not so much. But in this process of self-evaluation, we're learning things about ourselves. And I want to suggest to you that Christmas is that same opportunity each and every year. So again, I ask you, where are you on your spiritual journey? Let me just talk to a couple of different types, and, and maybe one of these would relate to you. Uh, some people are just not interested when it comes to spiritual things maybe even particularly Christianity. Uh, they look at all the religions and they say, I don't see any difference between any of these. It seems like any one of them, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Or as they look at Christianity in particular, they say to themselves, it doesn't really seem like a very positive thing in the world. Now, other people, I would suggest, are curiously searching. So maybe they have the same questions as the person that's not interested, but their mind's not closed off to it completely. In fact, they're open to have the dialogue, to have the conversation. I think that's a good place to be. It's always good to have an open mind. Others are aggressively searching. So they believe in God and they're starting to zero in on Jesus and really asking the question, is Jesus who the Bible says he is? And so they're searching that out. They want to have their questions answered. They want to find resources and, and, and really head in that direction if Jesus truly is what, who the Bible says he is. Now, the last group of people, I would say, are those who are ready to commit to Jesus. So they've had questions, they've explored Christianity, and now they're really saying, you know what, this seems to connect the dots with my worldview. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for my sins, and, and that if I trust him, that I can have eternal life with God. Now let me ask you, or let me suggest to you that if you're in that last space this is really a good place to be, but it's not just enough to say, you know, I'm ready to commit. You, you have to do something about it, right? Uh, when it comes to committing, for example, a lot of times with trusting Jesus, people have likened it to a gift. 
receiving a gift from another person. Let's think about it like that for just a moment. Imagine that you're hosting a Christmas party and you have a bunch of friends over, you've set the place up with all the right decor, the good food, you're socializing, you're having a great time, and one of your friends pulls you aside when you have just a moment to breathe and think, and they come to you with a big gift. And they say, this gift is so special. There's nothing that I've ever spent more money on There's nothing that's ever cost me more sacrificially to obtain for you. There's nothing that would better express my love for you. And I would say there's nothing that I believe that you need more. Now, you're struck. I mean, can you imagine someone thinking like that of you? So you grab the gift. You put the gift under the tree. You go back to the party and and you engage with your guests, the night rolls on, the night ends, you think to yourself, well, for a gift that special, I'm going to wait till Christmas to open it. Christmas Day comes. The gift's sitting under the tree. You think to yourself, maybe I'll save it for last, and you, keep, you start opening up presents, you open up more, that gift sits under the tree. Finally, when it comes time for you to grab that gift and open it, you begin to assess the dynamic. And you say to yourself, I don't know if I'm ready for this gift. I mean, the way that they they framed it, it sounds to me like if I open this gift up that something's going to have to change in my life. Something's going to happen to me. So you leave the gift under the tree and you decide to put it away with the Christmas decorations. You bring it out again the next year. You go through the same process. You think to yourself, it's such a nice thing that they did for me, but I'm not ready to open it. And year by year, the same thing happens. Well, we wouldn't do that to a gift that a friend has given us. We wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. We would be, you know, just struck that they did such a nice thing. But I want to suggest to you that many of us do this with God's most costly, most sacrificial most loving gift to us, the sacrificial death of his son on the cross. We know that the gift's available, but for whatever reason, we just don't seem to open it. We don't seem to appreciate it. We don't allow it to radically change our lives. But here's the thing, if you're listening to me right now, the big point that I want to make to you out of all of this is this. Now, is always the best time and the right time to open the gift of Jesus. It's not one of those gifts that you stuff under the tree or you say to yourself, you know, I'm going to open that up again next year. I'll get to that. Now is always the best time. Well, how do you make that faith commitment? Well, the Bible really suggests two things are important. First is recognizing something. You have to recognize that you can't fix your broken relationship with God. You can't make it happen. The relationship with God isn't fixed by showing up to a Christmas Eve service or reaching into your wallet and grabbing an extra $100 bill to give to the Salvation Army this year or doing any other host of good deeds. You know why I know this? Because God wouldn't have sent his son Jesus into the world. He wouldn't have made that drastic step if that's all that it took for us to be in right relationship with him. 
No, the Bible actually says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you have to recognize that. You have to come to a place where you say, I need this. Secondly, the Bible says you have to receive. You have to believe that Jesus is God, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he's risen from the dead. And, and you have to believe that Jesus is God's only solution to fix your problem, your separation from him. John 14, 6 says it like this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So let me ask you this Christmas, are you ready to commit to Jesus? Well, if you are, I want to invite you to do that tonight. I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, and I'm going to have everyone bow their heads during this time. And if you're ready to commit your life to Jesus, I would just encourage you in your seat, in the quietness of your heart, or if you're online with us, to pray this prayer with me. Can I ask everyone to bow their heads? And uh, if you're ready to commit your life to receive the gift, pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the only Savior and the risen Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I want you to come into my life at this moment. As best as I know how, I turn my life over to your care and control. Amen. Friend, if you have uh, prayed and trusted in the gift in Jesus, you've just entered into the beginning of a spiritual journey. You know, that's not just the start and stop place. It's a journey. And and there's a lot involved in it, uh, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. Maybe you're curious still or you're aggressively searching. I just want to say that we here at Osterville Baptist, we want to walk with you in it. And whenever you're ready to take a next step, we're here to help you take that next step. So continue along, and uh, I pray that you have a Merry Christmas. God bless you guys.